Peace, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Check the Method Podcast. I am your host, M. Tony Peralta, and today's guest, we have fashion designer and artist, Jose Duran. I met up with Jose Duran in Inwood Hill Park uptown on a hot summer day to discuss fashion, his process, um, his journey to, um, to, to becoming a fashion designer, creating his collections back home in the Dominican Republic in Mocha. Um, we discuss his mom, his mom's fashion, um, not his mom's fashion, but his mom's hair salon, uh, his father being a mechanic, and um, and also his uh, current move to, to creating artwork. This is a very insightful episode, and if you're a young fashion designer, I really uh, hope you 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 learn some some gems from from Jose because he's really he really represents um, you know the, the the starving artist who's uh, out there just trying to make it in and and making sacrifices. Uh, you know, fun fact about Jose Duran, he is the the second uh, Dominican ever to uh, show in Paris for Men's Fashion Week, first being on Moscal de la Renta. So sit back, relax, and without further ado, here's the Jose Duran episode on Check the Method. Peace. Let's get the party started. Yeah. First of all, thanks. Uh, thank you for doing this. Ah, claro. Gracias a ti, Tony. Bacano. So just, you know, just to start off, just give me like a quick kind of quick background story about you, you know, where you was born and raised mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Este, mi nombre es José Durán. Este, soy de Moca, la República Dominicana. Eso está en el Cibao. Este, nacido y criado allá. A los 15 años me mudé aquí a Nueva York con mi mamá y mis hermanos. Aquí fui a la escuela, a la high school, después a la universidad, después... Uh, viví en Florida, después regresé, regresé a Nueva York a, a estudiar moda. Antes de moda estaba estudiando uh, International Relations. Then I, después encontré, pasa en español esto, ¿verdad? O en inglés. Whatever you want, this is Spanglish. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, what's great is this is actually the first time somebody's answering in Spanish, but to me it doesn't matter. Está bien, okay. So, so you could go in and out. Uh, then I... I started doing, I, I went to fashion school, then I, I kind of fell in love with fashion before that. And, but then after I started going in the industry, meeting people, and then uh, I decided to do my own line, uh, Jose Duran. And then I, I decided to go back to Mocha to create my, my clothing and present it here in New York for about, Uh, five seasons. Mm. Uh, I was doing shows in uh, downtown, clubs, uh, art galleries, wherever I could find. So I was more into the like the, the club kits and uh, doing presentations, doing collaborations with artists. Around what year was this? 2007 to, to 2009, I was doing shows here in New York. Uh, my first show was a collaboration with uh, Mikaelin Thomas, Kehinde Wiley, Shanique Smith, and David Cruz. It was presented at a gallery, and I think it was, it, it was the, the first collaboration 
for Kehende Amikalin. Mm. So I'm very proud of that, that they were able to work with me on their f- on their first collaboration with any designer. So, so you did clothing and they did art? I did the clothing. They chose the clothing that they wanted to work with. So some of them, uh, Kehende did a photo shoot. Mikalin did another photo shoot with Wangechi Mutu. And Kehende did a photo shoot with, uh, with models, with, uh, with boys. And Shanik Smith created a painting and, and also a photo shoot. And David Cruz, he dressed himself uh, with my clothing. And I had the photos presented in the gallery. Mm. This was at Rush Art. Yes. I'm not sure if you remember. Mm-hmm. On, uh, Chelsea. on Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. Was Derek Adams? Derek the, Adams, mm-hmm. he was. The, the curator, right? Yeah. He, he he was going to be part of it, but because he was the curator, he couldn't he he couldn't present anything in the gallery. Mm. But he helped me uh, uh, set up and and do all of that. So that was the first the first presentation I had, and then after I did some other other things. After that, then I went I moved to Paris. In Paris, I did a, a men's my first time I did a men's. So I, I had a men's show during. It was presented during uh, Men's Fashion Men's, men's Fashion Week in yeah. Paris, mm-hmm. I mean, it was on the on the calendar. That was very amazing for me to have uh, my brand on the Parisian calendar. You was uh, I heard what the second Dominican ever besides Oscar. Oscar, de la yeah, because but Oscar did mm-hmm. it there with another brand. I don't think he he had ever showed with his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, I think maybe, you know, I'm the second, but I, I'm not sure other Dominicans have gone there to do anything. And what year was this? This was in 2009. Okay. And it was in the street. I, 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 I worked with some creators there. So we had the, the clothing, the, the presentation in the street in Paris. And the police came after. Really? So they shut the whole thing down. But it was a great experience. And all this was made in Mocha. So for Mocha, I had to fly to Paris with the collections to be presented there. And all of this was, you know, by myself. So, so. tell me why um, why you chose to create your collection, like go back to the Dominican Republic and create your collection in Mocha in your hometown. And it, the, oh, one of the first thing was the price, because to create something here in New York is to create a shirt. It costs four hundred dollars, you know, to to have the patterns and then the uh, uh, and the final cut, you know, to be sewn here. It cost a lot, so I knew I, it was gonna take me many years mm-hmm. to to get to where I was going. So the only I could do a collection here, but then for the next it would have been impossible. So I. I thought, I was like, if I do it in Dominican, I'm able to keep doing it, you mm-hmm. know, to do it for many years because the price of two or three items made here, I could do a collection in Dominican. Mm. And also I was in my hometown, in my house. So I could, you know, I was not spending that much money also. So as a creator, you always have to find a way to, to do it the less expensive yes. because you don't know when you're going to be able to make money. So that was the one of the main reasons I was able to work for many years. I think some what you just said right now is very key. Like as a creator, what you did instead of going instead of going the normal route route where, you know, if it's 
getting money, it was working, whatever you had to do to get it done here, you just chose to go back to the Dominican Republic and, and, and do it there. Like, you just figure out another way to do it. Yeah, because it's, at that time, no one was, doing, you know, all the Dominican designers, it was not many here. It was just me, I think, the first one that had a show for himself, you know? Yeah. And then after that, some other designers just started doing stuff. But I think from as a young designer, I was one of the first ones. There were other ones, but they had a big budget. So yeah. I was like underground. And But you have to always find a way to, to because you don't know when you're going to be able to sell and to make money. Yeah. And also to give back to, to going back to Mocha and... Mm -hmm. And also, it gave me a lot of creativity to be there in the hood, let's say, because to, uh, to find the this interest, these people they they are in the, in the poor neighborhood. So it was great to just be around the people there and to see, to talk to them, to see their reaction when I was, you know making clothes, uh, because these these guys were not uh, trained. Exactly, that's These what I'm saying. These guys were just fixing uh, pants and shirts. So that's you just went did. to like a sastreria yeah, or whatever. So you went to the local people. I went to the local. I, I tested many uh, sastres because usually these guys are not... They work very hard, but they don't usually tell the truth. So mm. whenever they tell you it's going to be done for tomorrow, it's done in five days. So you have to, you know, after two years, I found these guys that they work this way but they they don't mind they didn't mind staying with me until 12 a.m or you know midnight so working. It, it took you two years to find to like find the staff this this place to work because i tried in santo domingo i tried in mocha in santiago and it was just impossible to work because with these people you have to be there all the time you can't just leave. you have to be on top of them you have to be on top and you have to sit there with them. It's not like you're going on vacation or you're going to to just leave your drawings or tell them what to do and come back in the next day. Every stitch that they do, you have to sit there and watch them. Because if not, they will create something else. Yeah. They don't have the, the mindset as uh, any seamstress in New York or anywhere where they do this as a job that they have to follow instructions. They always have a different way to do them or they want to be creative themselves. <laughs> so it's like, oh, let me, you know. So you'd be like, no, no, this is the way. And then you have to is sit there from eight till whenever it was finished. And I couldn't go to lunch to the house because if I left, something else was being done. So, so my question to you, because I'm sure that was extremely frustrating to deal with. So what kept you going? Like what, why, I'm sure there was, there was, there was probably many times that you was like, you know, like I can't do this anymore. Uh, Cause just dealing with, just dealing with just the people. Dealing with that. Yeah. And all day sweating because it had, we had no <laughs> AC. Air, AC or sometimes no fan and the mosquitoes. So I had to sit there. Sometimes I had, you know, I fall asleep mm -hmm. on the machines because for me to go home, it was impossible because I had to stay there. But what kept me going was, I, you know, when you start something, you know, you, 
after you know you have a year or two, you you can't stop. You know, yeah. you want to keep going, you keep going. And I think I always thought, you know, nobody else can do this, mm -hmm. only me, because any normal person cannot just do this and then have a collection done and then you didn't make any money. Yeah. So you have to find more money to do it again and then to do it again. So you have to find from inside this strength that yeah. this dream of making it. Yeah. And you don't you never you don't know if you're going to make it or not, but it's just something that you love that you just keep doing it. So how do you feel when it was all over? Like like honestly like you know, for instance like I'll give you an example of whenever I'm working on an exhibit or something and and it's and it's exhausting, right? Like you know, I have a deadline mm. and I'm I'm there and I'm doing it and then that time comes and it's like the next day you feel like relief, but then I start to feel a little bit depressed. Well, I didn't I, usually. I don't. I never waited the next day. It was right after. I, one story was. It was I think my second yeah my second collection or my third. Yeah, it was my. Third. So real quick, even before you start. So second or third, meaning you went back to the Dominican Republic to create more collections. No, every time was you just <laughs> nothing happens and then you just go back okay, and okay. create more. Yeah, and yeah. Then create more. But then what are you talking about? That that depression that comes after. Yeah. It was a time that I worked so hard for this thing because I wanted to, you know, I was I was trying to find my my creativity, mm -hmm. which way what design or what way was I was comfortable doing and something that I liked doing. So this was during the process. And then I, where I was staying at, I had to leave. So I was had to stay with a friend of mine. So I had to buy a machine to, to start sewing in his kitchen. Mm. So I don't want to say homeless because I had, you know, I had a place to stay. But I stay. I was staying with him, and then the show was in a couple of days, and then I had to make all these clothes. Then the show, then everything was every everyone loved the clothes. Everyone was it was a fabulous thing downtown, and so after the show finished, I had you know I started crying because <laughs> everyone left, mm -hmm. and I was by myself with all these clothes that I had to take to from Manhattan, Brooklyn. With no money, you know, it was, and then I just started crying. It was like this is, but then you get this, this, this thing that you want to do it again, mm. and you want to do it again. So, but every every time it was a collection, the next day or the right away it was, I got you know because you work so hard and then you just come down. So the crying, not to go back into that, but I'm just curious about that 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 emotion. Was that just? It was it gratitude? No, it was when you are in a place where where people think that you are that you made it. Okay, and, yes. And then that you are amazing, that you're fabulous, and then people think that you're fine, but you're not fine. Yeah. You know? And then at the end, I was by myself, you know, outside this club with all this luggage hmm. alone, you know. After yeah. every after I had this beautiful show with a lot of people. But then I was there alone again. Yeah, that 
I understand what you're what what you're talking about, and I under, and it, and it's crazy because it's like yeah, like after the noise, you're back to yourself. Yeah, and and, and, and then people don't know what you go through. Yeah, you know? people don't don't they just go for the presentation for the show and they love it and then that's it they go home and sometimes the nerve like i don't know if this ever happened to you but i'm sure it has when people ask you what's next yeah um in the yeah, moment yeah it's <laughs> well, like, well you already finished or you know how are you doing or uh you know how are you, are you or are you selling anywhere yeah you know? so these things that maybe you are but you know, they want to see you, you know, you want to tell them something else. But yeah. I never, you know, I always tell the truth. So it was, yeah. So it was more of a, with the fashion, it's like, wh where are you selling? Or, but people just, especially, you know, people just go to the show and they just go. Yeah, you know, they don't, they know, there's a lot of people just go just yeah, for, just, go see, just to, to just be, to be seen, there, to be pictures, seen. Yeah. Uh, to party, you know, to the after free party, drinks. whatever. Yeah, and then they just go home after. Yeah. But they don't, you know, most of them, they don't know what you go through. Because I did everything in Mocha, so all my team was in Mocha. So for, and mm. the people that, that were here, they only saw the clothing, but they didn't see the process. Yeah. So, but it was it was a great experience. Then after I did that, then I kept doing, and then I got, I was able to be represented here in New York. Then I was able to be represented in Paris for sales. So I was, it was getting better. Yeah, you know, the years passed. It was getting better, but then I decided to to go to school to 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 learn Mandarin and to do an MBA in business. Yeah, because I, I was. You know, I was missing that part of the business side. Mm. So I left to Asia, to Taiwan, and then spent three years uh, learning Mandarin and also doing an MBA. Okay. Uh, my thesis project was about uh, consumer behavior and sustainable fashion. And then uh, here now, creating paintings and doing sculptures. So I want to kind of rewind a little okay. bit back and just kind of like, I want to know what, Jose Durán was when he was 10 years old. When I was 10, uh, in Moca. In Moca. I was a very quiet kid, but I always liked sports. I always played volleyball and tennis. But at that time, yeah, in school, I was, never, I was, I was good. I liked school, but I was always doing, uh, I always needed help with homework. So, but I, and helping my father at his, in his garage, in his taller, the mechanic. So, or, yeah, my mom was here at that time already. So I was just from school going uh, to do homework and or help my father in, the, in his mechanic garage. So you, you said that you was playing sports. Were you doing anything artistic? No, not, nothing artistic, never. Really? It was a, a kind of a, a, not a taboo, it was... It was more, in, 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 but especially in, in Mocha or in, in a small, if you in a small town, Dominican, if uh, being creative is not seen right mm. in a way, especially that that you know, twenty years, thirty years. So ago. being, especially being a son of of mechanic, a mechanic, you know, it's like you you not you know you're supposed to be play sports or or be in school, but to be uh, a creative, you only have painting. Like a, a program to for painters, uh, uh, but yes, artists. Yeah. But I, I was never into painting, 
So there was nothing else to do. And I was like the dancing part. But then every time I wanted to do something creative, my parents were like, no, no, don't do that. You know? Mm. So I think it was always trying to get the, you know, the gay side, you know, like I was a little special. Mm -hmm. I always consider myself to, you know, to be special in that sense. So they were always trying to, I guess, to suppress it, to take that away, you know, like take that away Mm -hmm. from me in a way, you know, not in the bad way. I think it was normal for any parents to, to not for their son to be creative because once, you know, every parent that want their son, especially in Dominican, because it was always a rumor that Oscar de la Genta was gay. So mm-hmm. it was like, if you're a designer, you're gay. You know, mm. you always had that thing. And if you're an artist, you're not, if you're a painter or a musician, you're not going to make money. So it was always that mind of every adult at that time. So, yeah, I was never, then when I, when I grew up, then I was like, people were always asking me if I was an artist, I was a designer. What was that though? It was it the way that you was presenting the yourself? Was, was it you, you had a sense? Dress, yeah, I guess my mannerism also, the way I, you know, uh, I, I am, mm-hmm. and also the way I dressed at that time. But were was, you? But were you also as a ten-year-old in Mocha, like taking? certain fashion risks like no no oh i was like like I, the, you know was there something like special you know like no, spe- I, at that time it was because my mom was here so she was always sending clothing okay. from us so always clothing was the only way for me to express myself so i just dressed thrift differently from other kids yeah but not that much because i only had what my mom used to send us. okay so I couldn't do much. Yeah. So that, but when I moved here, that and when I was 15, 16, that's when I started like buying my own things and working and and creating my look. So I always like to, you know, look different because that was the only way for me to express myself and to to express my creativity. So at what point did that happen? At what point did you like lean into? Whatever that was. Uh, no, I always had it. Yeah. But I didn't have the opportunity to do it in Mocha. Mm. I had the opportunity to do it here. So here it just gave you like the, the, the so-called freedom. Yeah. the fr- Not really the freedom. The freedom was when I moved to Florida. Mm. That was when I really got creative because nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew my parents. Nobody knew anyone. So I was just there. I was going out to the clubs. Uh, dressing up, you know, going on, just without seeing any image. I always, so people, you know, like letting my hair grow, going to the club with full of chains, with underwear, you know, hmm. boots, and, you know, always buying thrift shop, going to thrift shop, buying uh, vintage clothing. So that's when I really got creative because... I didn't know anyone in Florida. Nobody knew me. How old were you and where in Florida? I was in Fort Lauderdale, and I was 21 already. So Mm -hmm. I was older, you know, not as young as most of the kids. They come out and do things, but I was 21. So so just again, so, so I could understand the timeline as well. So when you came here to New York City and you went to high school, what high school you went to? I went to Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. I am in Fordham. So, 
all the kids were like, oh, you always go to the, to the East Village to shop. I was like, no, I, I was, it was just me shopping at Old Navy, you know, but getting the looks a certain way. So yeah. I always had an eye, I guess, for for dressing up or how, you know, how the clothes should look, supposed to look. So, so that was, but I was not doing it as hard as when, when I went to Florida. Went to Florida. Yeah. So, so then at what point in your life did you figure out that being a fashion designer is what you wanted to do? Uh, when I moved back to New York and that was 22, 22, 20, 23 years old, 23. Mm -hmm. When I moved back, I left the international relations, uh, for, I was, but I was doing it in Florida and then I just moved here to do that. And so I you went to when you went to Florida, you was going to college there. And, yeah, and I you was, was a college, major, but not in for fashion. It was for international, international relations. relations. Yeah, and then, but then I always had in my mind I wanted to I was going to do fashion or something related to fashion after I finished that mm -hmm. because I wanted to do that for my parents, mm. the, the international relations that you know that something different. But then I went to school and in secret. I came back and I didn't tell anyone that I was in fashion school. Oh, you came back to New York and then you went to I fashion. Well, school. you went to FIT? No, I went to Gibbs. There was, I don't know if you remember, uh, Catherine Gibbs was a, it was a school that they closed already. Mm. It was a small school on 40th Street, yeah. So that's where I went because they had a program for merchandising and also fashion design. So I enrolled there and I didn't tell anyone until I was almost finishing. And then that's when I kind of told everyone you know my parents okay this is what i was doing and what was their reaction oh they at were that fine time? you know they were fine it's just that I, I didn't, i'm sure they was going to be fine but i was just didn't want to make them think or mm -hmm. suffer you know or have any thoughts so but then it was fine yeah well then i started you know that's when i started meeting people and going places but i didn't know anyone before that yeah so it was Totally new. I, I want to know how does how does inspiration show up for you? You know, because everybody has different ways that it shows up. They might, you know, for instance, like there's times that I'll be listening to some music, hip hop music, and somebody might say something, and that just sparks something in my head. Or you know, I remember when I used to work and and go and take and take the subway all the time. When I was in the subway and listening to music, like ideas would come to me so how, how do how does inspiration come to you i i learned i think i'm not sure if it's a good thing but i learned to shut it off and shut it on shut up shut, shut what up inspiration because if i if my inspiration mode is on all the time that's mm. all i think about and my mind just is just wonders the air yeah. yeah so i i just don't want to be you know, an uh, inspiration mode all the time, you know. And I just do it when I am into a, a, a doing an investigation of my next collection mm -hmm. or my next project. So when that finished, I shut it off and then on to the next one. And then before that, a couple of weeks, months, then I start thinking what my next thing. But in the, in the meantime, I what inspires me is this... Uh, suffering of people the suffering of like people like homelessness mm -hmm. war um you know p things that happen in in the 
in the past mm -hmm. history. Yeah. And then I start searching because that's what interests me. So I start searching on that reading. And then that takes me to different places. And then, then I discover something new. And then I start working on that. And then, then I start a collection inspired by war or by uh, events that happened many years ago. Yeah. Then I start searching for pictures, reading, and and that takes me. You know. Then I, I transport myself to that. that to those word, moments. That moment. yeah. yeah. And then I see. How people were acting, reacting, the colors. The, then I then I bring that to life, into a new, uh, what's on right now. Mm -hmm. Not like a movie where you take, uh, where you do uh, epoca, vestido de epocas, like. Oh, you don't. You like you. You don't. You don't. You don't recreate the look. No, no. If I go to nineteen eighteen hundred. Yeah. I'm not gonna do 1800 dresses. I'm gonna yeah. get inspired by the colors or by the silhouette, but I have to bring that to what is now. Yeah, bring it to modern so, times. So, but I I just like the story, and then and and this you know then it's a, I start learning about it, mm -hmm. and then I you know, for example, I did it was a, one of my first ones, the 1804 the the Haitian when they. Uh, the Haitian Revolution? Uh, revolution. They went to the Dominican Republic mm -hmm. to have control of the island. That's they went, right. They went to Moca, to my hometown, and they went in the church, and then they told everyone, if you were wanted to be safe, you have to come to the church. And then they closed the church and, clo and killed everyone. Wow. So with that, I, I went to, to Haiti, and I took a trip to Haiti because I didn't want to just read what Haiti is about or how Haiti is. I went there, took a bus, from Dominican Republic to Haiti, and then I wanted to see the art. I wanted to see the people. I wanted to see how they lived. So all that became a collection, you know. The voodoo, you know, I read about the voodoo, how they, how, you know, how it was, what voodoo is, yeah. why they use voodoo, and what they use in these ceremonies. So all of that was, became a collection. But it was, if you see it from, you know, from far away, you, you know, you won't think it's hated in Dominican, but that. But that's is, what sparked. That's what, that's why, that's why that collection, each collection I do, it becomes different from everybody else because the inspiration is, is different, I guess. You know? It's interesting that, I mean, that's just, that's very fascinating. I mean, you know, you go deep into historical things and and you start doing research and i mean and going to haiti and stuff like that and from there it's almost like you just get like little pieces of things like you said of color or whatever and then you create this collection which that's just sounds fascinating but yeah, it's, the, it's the only way to get into a culture or into you know the books books are there you can read but you won't get everything you you know you want you yeah know, you can you know I, I before i went there i read about it and I, you know i did a whole research but then i was if i was if i'm able to go and i and i was and i went and it was a crazy experience because yeah i spent three days there by myself you know wow uh, and then i started meeting people you know it was amazing because i had a whole thing what haiti was 
And then when I get there, it's a whole different thing. Oh, you had a whole idea of what a Haiti, yeah, how Haiti was, because, and because is, uh, like just like lo que dicen la gente, en la yeah, calle. the media, you know, not just in Dominican, but in the, in the United States, yeah. where you are in Europe, they have an idea of what Haiti is. But then when you are there, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. So I wanted to see what it was, and but the crazy part is what I I went alone and I went on the bus and I went without with not much money, <laughs> so it was a whole thing. And, and you didn't know anybody. And I, I knew I was in the. And that when I went, I I had a friend from Haiti, and if his cousin was gonna pick me up, but then I started meeting people on the bus, and mm. then they were like, oh, "Stay with us," and I stayed. Really. There. So I told my friend, "Oh, it's okay. I'm gonna stay with these people." So it was a you know. And I stayed with these people, and they treated me. They treated me very nice. I had a chauffeur. They, I, I, they were driving me around. I didn't pay for anything. They paid for my ticket to come back to Dominican. So it was, I had an amazing time that that time. And and it was, you know, if I didn't go, I wouldn't have the what I think of Haiti right now. You know, you had first. That's amazing. Like it, it sounds like you're like. You have this like adventure spirit. Yeah, like I, I just don't mind. So you know, there are many times that I go to Paris with twenty dollars. You know, really, and I just go. And you you just go, and always something happens. You know, it's just, and sometimes the collections come, and I don't have any money, and then the money comes up somewhere, and then it's just. How does so? My question to you, because that I wouldn't, I could never do that. How was it that the that doesn't give you anxiety. It doesn't, doesn't like, like, like you said, I'll go to Paris with twenty dollars. Like, you don't have no. Do not that preocupado. The no, like because I, it's know, like you live in the moment. You live, live. Do you live in the moment? I, no, it's not in the moment. It's like if I know where I'm gonna sleep, sleep, I'm yeah. fine. You know? Okay. I went to Paris and I, I know where I'm gonna stay, and then that's it. That's all I need. I take the bus. I take the public transportation. I take. My luggage. There was a time I did a show there, and I had like three luggages with me, so I had to like, go. I couldn't pay for a taxi, so I had to drag them through the street to go get the keys for where I was gonna stay. But then you only do this when you're young. Yeah. Right now, I don't have the energy to do that. Oh. So I always say to young people, do whatever you have to do, do it now, because yeah. after you're not gonna have the energy to do what you want to do later on so but i you know i did it and i don't think i would do it you know i don't think i have the energy to do it but i I, i'm glad i did all i did i'm sure there's still a variation of the old jose oh yeah how you do things now but or not like you're not taking those 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 big risks like no like yeah but it's still there you know that the curiosity the, the thing you know like uh a gypsy, a gypsy mentality, you know. Oh, gypsy? Gypsy, gypsy. Uh-huh, gypsy. So that's why I always say, that, like, whatever I did, I don't think nobody else can do that. You no. Know, like, you know, creating a name in the fashion industry with no funds, <laughs> I don't think nobody, you know, it's, it's just impossible. It's impossible. But I think, you know, the personality helps, you know, how you, know, how you treat other people. You know, to be nice because they give you favors. You know, yeah. Like a photo shoot. You know, you just ask. You know, to to have a photo shoot, photographer, makeup artist, hair, location, everything being lent to you because 
you are Jose, you know, it was incredible. And, and all that is the, you know, the personality and how, you know, how the way you treat other people is very yeah. important in the, in the, in the fashion, in any other uh, creative or whatever industry. It's just how, how you treat people. Yeah. They, you know, they treat you back the same way. Mm. Now, uh, one thing that I wanted to go back to is when you say that you you shut it off, you shut off the mode. How do you do that? Because you imagine if you are all day, you know, for me, it's, it's very intense because mm. all day I'm thinking of this. I'm going to bed thinking of this, dreaming sometimes. But I don't want, you know, I don't want to do it like that. You know, I want to live my life. Yeah. I want to enjoy other things. So if I'm thinking of being creative uh, uh, every, all, every hour or every minute, you're not enjoying other things. Mm. Enjoying your friends because you're thinking of this. So the way is, yes, yeah, you just think about the things. You know, mm. this, you, you, have a, you have a collection or a project. This is your inspiration. Uh, you search, you know what I do? I just go to the library or Google. I used, I used to go to the public library and search things, pictures library, and get all this thing together. But when it, while that was finished, that's it. Yeah. My job is done. And then I wait until the next, and then I start working on the next. Mm. Now, so when one of the things I ask people is, what is your peak creative time? So like when you know when are you create like whenever you're working on something you know even like say now whatever like for instance for me I'm I'm good like in the morning to like five o'clock and then after that I'm not yo no sirvo I like you don't you don't think order because it's, it just comes like, you don't have time it just comes it's you don't whenever. know when it's coming when it's there and then when it is you have to hurry up because it might you know it's gonna go again. So what's gonna go? The the, the inspiration, the, the creativity. That's that special because especially for when I'm creating a dress, mm -hmm. draping a dress, there are times that I cannot. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not what, coming what out. What I'm doing, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not coming out how I want. But other people think it's fine. But for me, it's not fine. Mm -hmm. And it's it's or when I'm creating something and it's hard for me to create this fold. This fold is not coming the right way. I just leave it alone and then leave it alone. And then when it comes back, it comes back. So it always comes back. It, you know, when I'm in the rush, it has to come back. So. Yeah. No, because that that's one of the things where, because one of the things, what you're, what you're saying is like when you're working on something and it's just like you stop and then you'll probably come back to it the next day with fresh eyes. Yeah, the next day or the next minute or you just walk out and then come back again or you have a drink and then you start working on it again or you listen to some music or yeah or you know do anything that makes you know to relax and then you just come back and, and work on it again and then you feel and then you look at it then you twitch it here then you stop again yeah but when that creative creative mode is on I have to, you know, do it as do you as take much, advantage of it. Yeah, as much as, as I can because you might leave. You know? Now, now that you're working on art, are you? Do you tackle the artwork the same way you was tackling 
making doing fashion and like for instance you know so do you have that creative mold when you're working on art uh yeah, it's, it's kind of similar because i learned this uh, how to do this research with Kehinde Wiley. Mm. How, you know, because I used, I was really good friends with his ex at that time, with his boyfriend at that time. So I was always around, and then I used to see how he used to be creative or going to dinner with him and or listening to his interviews. So then I learned how, because this was the first... Uh, artist friend that I had mm -hmm. actually the, I was introduced to the artwork through his circle yeah so that's when I it opened my mind because I I got introduced when I started fashion so I started seeing how he was working and then I introduced that to the fashion so maybe that's why I always used the historical part of mm -hmm. Creative because of him. Because oh, so I interesting. Int introduced that into the fashion world, and I did that with my collections. So with this, uh, when I'm doing art now, it's about the same. But then now you have to, you know, it's different because it's not textiles. It's not something that I'm touching because I got to have. I, had, I learned how to have conversations with textiles, mm -hmm. with fabrics, just by touching it and and creating folds and draping, I felt like I was talking to them because they were telling me what to do. Mm. But with painting, it's something different. It's, it's now is colors, now is uh, the brush. So now I'm learning how to have the same conversation with that I used to have with textiles, with brushes and paintings. But this is when I have whatever in my mind that I'm going to do but then before that I have to have this creative process that is also investigating and reading and, and searching for uh, for things to create yeah. this, this this painting or sculpture that I'm doing that I have been doing now when you start working on something um, when you have that like that energy, that burst of energy. Is there a ritual that you do in the studio, where your studio, like, is there something, you know, are you listening to music or not listening to music? Is it is the, is it super quiet? You know, like, I, what what I, is your the mode that you for that me, you set for yourself? Quiet. I I like when I'm doing that. I like to to be alone or quiet. But then there are times that I wanted to be around people, and I. I, I think I learned that I got to got used to that where uh, when I used to create my clothing because in el taller de allá en Moca it was full of tigres siempre mm. lleno de tigres de mujeres talking asking questions you know uh, what is this what is that what are you doing so I kind of like miss that too like yeah. being around people that don't know anything about fashion or art so just people that are around you know like so they're they're when you're around people that don't know anything about art or fashion, they have this, especially in the maker public, where you may imagine, tú sentado ahí en el taller, and the people, they're not, they don't see things like this. So there's this curiosity. Yeah. So, I, but I, I just, some, there are times that I don't like people to ask. Mm -hmm. I just want them to be around and I just look 
or yeah. maybe sometimes I'm gonna ask you something. What do you think? What do you this? think? Okay. Yeah. But I like to ask to to the motoconcho, tú sabes, <laughs> to eh, el que llegó de trabajar mecánica, you yeah. know, because this is what inspires me. Everyday you know? people. Everyday, the people that you know, and these were the people that was there all the time, and I spent like 15 years going to Moga and being around these people that they were always waiting for me because they liked to be they liked it when I was there. Mm. So they're like, where is Jose? You know, when is he coming back? Because I guess they like the this this creative and then I what I used to wear was like one of the main streets. So the people always used to see me working, mm -hmm. creating drapes and dresses. So people that used to pass by They used to see it, but when I'm not there, they always used to go in and ask, you know, where is the diseñador? Where is the sí. It's been a long time. So there are times now, like when I went, after I went to to Taiwan, I went back, I almost cried because this is where I spent all the all the time. And I missed it so much to just being around, you know, desastre or mm -hmm. el motoconcho, lo, lo, cuando vienen a vender chicharrón, tú sí. sabes. O el, co el coco de agua eh, y todo coco, eso. El coco, la caña, you know, they yeah. used to bring me this to eat. Or, you know, all of this. So, or a comer empanada, tú sabes. All of this was always inspired me to, to create stuff. So that's why I think when I used to go to Paris, I was like, oh my God, you know, this is, there were things that it was not Dominican or New Yorker, but it was like this mixture of things. That was special there for them, and special here in New York too. So, yeah, that that sounds that sounds really special. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine. Like, that sounds fun, and you know, and it, and it sounds like these people are te están apoyando. Yeah, they like, were like, it, they were always happy when yeah. I, I used to come out on TV there, local TV. So they was when they used to come out, they used to go by and and tell me how you know how they liked it or. And things. So it was, it was, that's, you know, I, I really miss yeah. working in this environment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, are you familiar with the term imposter syndrome? No. Okay. So imposter syndrome means, refers to the internal experience of believing that you're not competent as others perceive you to be. Mm. Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of creatives and most creatives, including myself, that sometimes we go through imposter syndrome where it's just like, that I don't feel that I was, that I, that even, you might even get praise or whatever, mm -hmm. but inside you're like, I don't think I'm that good. Like, have you ever dealt with that? I, 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 I didn't, I'm dealing with that now mm -hmm. with the painting because it's something new, but with the fashion, I, 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 I knew since I was really young that I had something, I had a voice mm -hmm. in the, in the, with textiles and fashion so and i knew i was different from everybody else so i was always in the beginning i was i was not sure you know of my the style that i was going to go for of my voice so but that's why i always kept them for me i was making clothes but not selling i don't want to sell i just i was always practice mm -hmm. but when i hit that when i got to that point that i knew This is me. This is my brand. This is my look. You know, I never felt that. Yeah. At all. Because I, I was sure about my product. But that took years. Yeah. Know? That took years to develop. Mm -hmm. um, but with the paintings now, I, I have that feeling. 
because it's something new, you yeah. know, something that I never tried before. You're outside, you're outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, it's, it's totally outside, and especially being friends with really good artists. I like, mean, like Wiley. Ryder, Rida Ureña, Cayende, Mikalin, Jorge Pineda. And to have these people as friends <laughs> from before I was doing uh, this art thing, it's like... With fashion, I felt like I wasn't that level. But with now with painting, it's... It, it, You're starting it's gonna, all it's, over it's, again. Yeah, it's going to take me time for me, it's, you know, because it's me. It's for me to feel like I'm there. So... <laughs> well, at least you have... Like, to be... A, look, Cayende Wiley is... I, I have said and to myself or whoever is, I think, the greatest artist of this time. Like, to me. Like, mm. he, he's... Es hombre increíble. So just to be just as crazy that you're like friends with him and 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 probably you know been to a studio or whatever and like it's you know like that's kind of like it was training but not really because you was just living life yeah. or whatever. No, no, it was but, for me it was normal because yeah. I, I was there from the beginning where he was like it's not what he is now. So I was there from when he got his first when he moved to his apartment in in on Twenty Third Street. And he even went to Mocha. He's been to my studio. Really? That's so cool. And he's he, he's been to Mocha many times. I, I took him there and he loved it. And he goes and rent a house there and stays there. He's been to my house. He met my parents there. So, and when he goes to Mocha, he just stays in my taller. Yeah. He stays there, you know. <laughs> that's very cool. Uh, eating, you know, this, the same feeling, the same experiences that I had there, he also had him. When I was not there, because there are times that I'm not in Mocha, he goes by yeah. himself, and he goes to visit my people. So, uh, you know, I learned from you know from him from the beginning, and then to see him where he's that he's at now is I'm very proud to be you know to know him. Yeah, so. would you say isn't you know it's funny because I have this question, but the thing is that you're doing something completely different, but I'm still gonna ask. You know, will you say that? this is your life's purpose? Ah, uh, yeah. But now there are expectations. Before, uh, you know, I I was free. I didn't care about things. But now, you know, once you get to a certain time, a certain age, and certain, you know, now when you have get to have a relationship with someone, you you know there are expectations and there are things that you have to kind of like do so the same crazy things i used to do before i cannot do them in again i guess because now i have to think about money yeah i have to think about before i didn't think i didn't care about money you know i didn't care i just make a collection and i didn't care if it's sell if it's sold i just wanted to to be creative to express myself but now i i, I now is I want to do that, but then I have to think about the money side. Yeah. Now, if you if you wasn't being a creative, like, you know, doing a fashion and like you're doing art now, what do you think you would have been doing in life? Like, you know, like, is there something, is there some, another thing that you might be like secretly like uh, interested in? Maybe that maybe in the future you, you might, you might get into. Mm. My mom was a hairstylist. Mm. So I was always with her all the time. And I think if if it was, if still now, you know, if, if male hair 
creative people, you know, hairstylists were not looked at in bad eyes in for the community. Yeah. You know? Because if you if you do men's hair, it's okay. But if you do women's hair, mm. in our culture, it's look bad. But so if you go to hombre, Turkey and other cultures, it's okay. Mm, so having like your own salon. So I think if if because I'm, I was sure I was not going to be a mechanic. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I had was hair because I, I grew up watching her, seeing her. And if if as a child, it was for me, you know, it was not seen bad uh, or she was be like, Jose, you know, come and, mm -hmm. and come this hair. You know, I think I will have gone through that route. Do you, do you think... Uh, just this just came to me because you were talking you was talking about textiles and texture do you think that that might have been the first kind of like i don't know if it's inspiration or whatever but just like were you there were there any moments that you was in your mother's salon and like playing with something that it piqued your interest like you know with the texture of hair or with sort of rollos or the different things that are there no i think but my when I think two, three years old, my aunts used to ask me before they used to go out how they looked. Mm. And I used to say, but you know, no, yes or no. See, no. So I think that was <laughs> that kind that was of I always had that eye of of how people dress if they look bad or not. Yeah. So I think that was the first kind of thing. Just yeah. by looking at people, I I could tell what was wrong or if they look bad or not. Mm. So I guess that was the the first, mm. but with the, with the salon, maybe the way to treat people or to be around people. Yeah, I think I learned that. From there. So yeah, like so, yeah. So you're so it's not hard for you to talk to strangers. Like it's hard for me to talk to strangers, mm -hmm. but it seems like it's not for hard me, for me to go up first. It's difficult, but then after is I don't mind. Yeah, if you are in a group of, I can go around and talk to everybody. And I don't mind it at all because I think my father was a mechanic. He yeah. was always around people and my mom was a hairstylist. Yeah. So because of that, but to have the first interaction, it's a little difficult. Yeah. But after, after, it's not. Can you fix a car? No, at all. And I always help him, but I can, I, not, nothing. And I can help anyone, but not like have the idea of like, yeah. Now, okay. So, with all with the you, you know, you have a very interesting. Sounds like you have had and continue to have a very interesting life, and um, you you put yourself in interesting places. Like you went to Senegal and all this other stuff, and and going to China. So, with your experiences that you have in life, right, so far, what would be Something that you would tell a young creative, a, a piece of advice to for them? Uh, to, to know that it, it's not going to happen right away. There are people that are lucky and, and things just happen. But for a designer, if you are going to be, if you want to be a designer, make sure you are friends with your clientele, mm. your your market, you know, you, first you have to know who your customer is. When you know this, you have to be friends with them and see how, how they are, what they buy, where they go out, how they dress, how, what car they drive, what, uh, you know, and everything they know. And then just make something that they need and have your friends buy these things. 
not and then try to you know t twitch it to make it you know your your style but make sure you know these people and make sure they they're going to buy your things because this is the only way you can continue making uh, and being creative or get a job somewhere else but the best way is to just be friends with them and know them and and just you know make things for them because this is something that I didn't do mm. so and then I learned this after so so ba so what I, what I'm getting from it is like when you identify when you if you're a designer and you have identified because that's extremely important is your demographic and who these people yes. are when you say become their friend it's just like really immerse yourself in who these people are eat sleep all that so stuff and make stuff for them as opposed to like kind of just making things for yourself yeah or making or, things or, or, to or, be creative yeah no it's, it's, it's you can do that you know but but you can do but that have the them in mind too but ha you know th because this is these are your people and then at the end fashion is a business so you you know uh you can create crazy stuff or but at the end, you have to sell it. And to be taken seriously, you have to sell it too. So you, ha you can't, you know, the best way is to know who the customer is and have them buy your, your, your things. And you, you know, just based on what you were saying, because I remember I used to design handbags. Mm. And, you know, and my boss, they, they hired me because I was creative. So whenever I did something that was really creative, they were, they were like, this is not sellable. They used to always say that to me, mm -mm -mm. right? And that used to frustrate me. But now as a business owner, I understand. Because it's like, you could, you know, which I, you could go you could go out there and design something that out of this world or whatever, but is it going to sell? And that's the, at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. Yeah, you got to make things that are sellable. And sometimes, you know, you, know, you want to make things that are not because you want to be creative, but then you have to do one or two of these things and then the rest to sell. Yeah. But then if you, want, if you don't want to sell at all, it's up to you. Also. But you must, it, <laughs> when you don't want to sell at all, it's up to you, but that means that you have a, a trust fund of somebody yeah, que te está teniendo. Just, but especially like in the beginning for me, I don't want to sell. I just want to be, I want to find out who I was. Mm. So uh, I did it for like four or five years. I just was creating, you know, because yeah. I wanted to find out who I was to have this th this signature, Jose Duran. But then when I found it, then I was like, okay, I'm ready to sell right now. Awesome. And then I also had to train my people in Mocha because it took years for me to train them to sew the way that I want them to make things. Yeah. So it was all a process. All right. Well, Jose, muchas gracias. Ah, gracias Thank you so much. Gracias I, a ti. Por... I really appreciate it. I hope that it, I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did, and <laughs> it's much more. You know, many stories about this. You know, this is. I, I said many things here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank right. you, Tony. Okay.